Welcome to RCCG, Jesus Worship Centre, Brisbane, Queensland. A place of God's word, power and praise. Where Christ's love reigns, champions are raised, dreams come true. Listen and God bless you. that way they show it that way they show it from every angle and all they are trying to make you believe is that the best designer in the world has made this dress check it out this is the address they will flash it go and get it and honestly most of the people in the world will rush to get that and i say god has called us and he dressed us up so that we can show him forth he can show us forth to the world, but we'll, we'll, we'll gradually pursue that as we go. Shall we pray together? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word of life. You are the word. We cannot handle the word without who? It's you that can speak to every heart. My words can get to the ears of men, but it cannot pass there. The one who can get to the place where the word is needed to transform lives is you. You can get it to the heart. You can divide between soul and marrow, between, uh, between um, between bones and marrow. You can divide between soul and spirit. Oh God, we pray you will take the word today and point it to exactly the place where it will, it will do us good. Have your way. Let the word of my mouth today and the meditation of our hearts together, let it be acceptable in your sight, in the name of Jesus. Brethren, primary to God's plan from the beginning is that desire to show forth man, through, to show himself forth through man. And he created the angelic beings at the beginning, one third of them fall, fell. And the devil and his cohort became rebels to God. And then God is trying to show the devil and say, Look, I am going to bring creatures that are not as powerful as you are, creatures that you would look down on, I'm going to showcase them. They are going to be the one that will replace you. (laughs) And from that point in time, he has been showing Adam and Eve were created as that kind of showpiece so that they can show to principalities and power the manifold glory and and, and wisdom of God. But unfortunately, they failed. But we thank God that God, in his own miraculous way, have not gotten there, my brother. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, and now, After Jesus came and won the victory for us, God is doing the same thing. He has not changed his plan. He wants to showcase redeemed man for the devil and his cohorts to see. So, all God has done is that he created a garment, a garment of righteousness, and he decked you and I in that garment, and he says, go and show it forth to the world. So that the world can see what I have decked you with and then be able to come to know that I am the Lord God, the one who is the greatest designer of fashion, if you will call it that way. 
So, we are called to go and show forth the glory of Jesus. Now, you can go forward now, my brother. You see, the story of our lives has been intertwined with glory from the beginning. When God created man, he created us to share the glory of his righteousness and show it forth to the world. In fact, when Adam and Eve were created, they didn't see one another's nakedness because all that they could see was glory. Because God decked them with glory. When Adam looked at Eve, he was seeing the glory of God. When Eve looked at Adam, he was seeing the glory of God. It was when that glory was removed, when sin came in, that they now began to see the ugliness of themselves. Ugliness that sin brought in. That was why the Bible says man sinned and did what? He lost the glory of God. And the uselessness of sin came to replace that glory. You see, the plan of God from the beginning has been that glory. In fact, in Psalm 8, 4 to 6, it seems as if it was an angel speaking. He said, what is man that you are so mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him so much? He said, for you have made him a little lower than us angels and have crowned him with what? Glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put everything under his feet. So God in his miraculous way has not changed. Even though the devil put man in a mess, he came and cleaned man up and said, arise now and show forth my glory. Because it's in your showing forth my glory that all might be able to know me. People that have not known me will come to know me. Amen. Now, the glory of God in Revelation 19.8, the Bible says that the church has been permitted to dress in fine linen. He was talking about the church. Dazzling and white. That's what the end point is going to be. And honestly, that end point should be happening now for you as an individual. Dressed him in dazzling and white. For the fine linen is what? Righteousness, the upright, just, and godly living. Deeds and conduct and right standing with God of the same. That's the way Amplified put it. Now, let's pursue this glory. How did God want this glory that he wants to showcase to the world? How did he want it to go? Now, it's the salt and the light factor. In Matthew 5, chapter, verse 13 to 16, the Bible said something very clear. I'm sure we all know that scripture. It said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savour, where we shall it be salted? It is good for, it is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Brethren, I dare say today, please look at salt. <clears throat> Do you know that as long as you can see salt, it is not working. Once you can see salt, it's not doing a good work. Salt in that salt shaker. If you look at that salt and you keep that thing, moisture doesn't come in, it can be there for years and it will be just like that. It can only be as good as white when it's not working. But anytime you throw salt into what you want it to work with, what does it do to that thing? It makes it sweet. It brings flavor. But apart, does, do you recognize its color again? 
What does it do? It disappears into its environment. Blends into its environment. That's the nature of salt. And God says, you are the salt of the earth. He did not say you, are, you may be or you are going to be. Jesus was saying, you are. It's not a thing that is going to be. It's not a thing that, um, well, maybe we will see and not see. No, once you are a Christian, he says you are the salt of the earth. So, do you know that, sir? If, if, if sister, my sister, cooks food for you, and you can see salt inside the food after she has cooked it, is it, is it useful, sir? In, in fact, if you, take, if, you take, if you eat that food, it will poison you. So anytime you see salt, it is not doing a good work. For salt to work, it has to do what? Disappear into its environment. And I dare say, brethren, that for your ministry, you are supposed to be salt. That mixes with your environment. We are talking about the workplace today. Too many people in the workplace, they run away from their unbeliever friends and they don't want to have a contact with them. How then do you want to showcase Christ to them? Are we together? Do you get me? In ministry, we are supposed to be what? Salt. People think that, well, at some points you are salt, at some points you are light. It is not so. You are supposed to be salt and light at the same time. You are salt as concerns ministry, you blend with your environment, making yourself available to the people that you are living with, people that you are working with, they see your life. Your life, you are carrying the glory of Christ, and as they see Christ in you, it begins to prep them for evangelism. Are we together? Now, there's another factor that is there, and it's the light. Matthew 5, 13 to 16 says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it on a bushel, under a bushel, but on a candle still, and it gives light to the, to the whole house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, many people will cry, eh, if I'm too close to the unbelievers, they cannot influence me and make me to become like them then you have not known who you are. Are we together? Somebody was, somebody was saying that eh, some people have gotten pregnant because they went, eh, they went to do evangelism. Eh? This mixing with people. I say, who told you to go into the room to evangelize a man? Is that part of the thing that the Bible told you to do? Do you get what we are talking about? So it does not being in contact with people. You cannot reach them without being in contact. But the issue about the light is that light protects you from the contamination of the world. You see, light that is in contact with what it is supposed to brighten is useless light. That's why when God was going to create the sun, he made it to be very far from the earth. It shines down. When men, too, were making all these lights, that was why they didn't bring it down to your eye level. It will blind you. It has to be removed. So in life, in life, you are the light, you are the, you are the light. In ministry, you are the salt. 
do you understand this? Who doesn't understand? I can go over it again. Do we understand? Because your understanding is what will help us. We can't go to the next base unless you understand this. Your being outside the sphere of people will not help you in your ministry. You have to be there and understand that as God has put you in that place of work, you are the salt there. But then to preserve you from the contamination of the world, God has made you light. You are there. Everything they are doing, you are doing. But light now makes you that their behavior, you don't behave like them. Do you see the package? So at one and the same time, you are salt and you are light. Amen. Now, the light of his glory. This light that God has made you, let's study John. You see, John talks so much about the light and talks about the glory of Jesus. In John 1, 1, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You see, I don't want to begin to explain that. I want us to just zero in on the points where we are going. In him was life, and the life was what? The light of all men. Do you see? The life that you are calling the life of Christ, the Bible, John says, is the light of men. He says, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. You see, it's the nature of light to shine in darkness, not in light. If you come to this church now, and you carry a torch, and you say, I want you people to see well, what will we say? <laughs> is there a problem with you? See sunlight, see light all over the place. What will a torch light do here? Do you understand what we're talking about? So light doesn't do well in light. In fact, when a higher light is inside the place, that light dims. So the place of ministry for you and me is not here in the church. You are here for training. The place where ministry is to be done is where? Out there. Do you see? God's wisdom is so wonderful. But too many times, we think because we are in the choir, we are doing this Sunday school teaching, we are doing that. So, we are doing a lot of ministry. No, you are building up people and you are building your capacity so that you can manifest outside. The world out there is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. If you don't manifest there, decay will continue to happen. Are we together? So, light will shine in darkness and darkness will not be able to overcome it. It's light that, can, that will refuse to shine and is covering it that darkness will take over. But once you know you are light and you hit your place of work as the light of that place, honestly, you will find opportunities to shine for God. Are we together? Amen. Now, in verse 6, it says there was a man from God whose name was John. The same came as a witness to, for a witness, to bear witness to the light, that all men through him may, be, may believe. Brethren, this will always be the function of men. We can never be the light. We bear witness to the light. 
people, as they witness our lives, they know that there's a light on the inside. He said it was not that light. We can never be the light, but was said to bear witness to the light. Let's look at two imageries very quickly. You can move, my brother. Two imageries. The first one is the moon. Moon does not have a light source of its own. It reflects the glory of the sun. Are we together? We are called to reflect the glory of God. We don't have the light in ourselves. But as we begin to fellowship with God, like Moses, the glory of God rubs upon us and it begins to shine for people to see. The second one, you can go to the second one, is the quality is we are like um, the bush lantern. How many of us have seen that lantern before? There's no way you will study like me in Nigeria and not use that bush lantern. Are we together? You see, the quality of the lights of that lantern is dependent upon the transparency of the glass shade. You are not that light inside. The light source will be bright if, the, if that, shade, if that um, lantern is good. The light source does not change. But if the shade is not bright enough, what happens? It will be dim. The light coming out will not be glorious. So our mothers in those days, they will bring it out and say, go out, don't break it or go and wash it. And then they put it back. Are we together? You are that shade. The transparency of your life in the context where God puts you showcases Christ. Too many times when people say, I don't know how to minister where they have put me. The question I ask is, how transparent is your life? How transparent are you living this Christian life? Can we hold, is there, is there a substance? Can we hold it? Or people don't even know you are a Christian, your place of work. There's no place where I've worked that people don't know I'm a Christian. There's no, no environment we got to. When we, when we moved to Reading, it didn't take me in about three or four weeks. My wife had, been, had begun to drop um, tracks into the letterbox of people. And then somebody came, one old woman just on our right, went to her friends, who is about the fifth house, and asked, I've been seeing this, I don't know who dropped it. The woman told her, it's your new neighbor. We've never met this woman before, but they were watching us. As I move down the street, I keep worshiping and I sing. Young people will say, ah, your voice is very good. I say, wonderful. <laughs> it's God. And before we knew what was happening, these children followed us to church. Because they saw something on the ground. Are we together? The Lord will help us. Make your life transparent and things will happen. Now, verse 6 says, I mean, verse 9. He says there was, that was the true light which shed, which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. That's the irony and today it's still the same thing. And that's why he has placed you in the places where you are so that the world can know him through your own transparency and your life, show forth to people wherever you are. 11, he came to his own, and his own received him not. Hey, 
But as many as received him, the Bible says, he gave them power, authority to become sons of God to those who believe in his name. You see, the question always is, have you received him? And if you have received him, number one, you have authority to become one of his sons, and then there's power to be able to carry this his glory of righteousness to the people that you go to. You see, you can never be a vessel unto honor in the hands of God without this foundation of knowing Jesus. His introduction begins at this point. He said they were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. Let's move quickly. Verse 14 now says, And the word became flesh, and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If you look at this, you will think that if you remove anything from this statement, it will not be a statement again. Do you know that it's not true? Everything that is in brackets, all it does is to just add, add a fact to a complete statement. There's a complete statement there. And the complete statement, can you, oh, okay, sorry, you can't do that. What I did here, it will have just removed that one in bracket. And you will see that it will say, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, full of grace and truth. The full of grace and truth, but now, the word in parenthesis now told us where that glory has come from. The glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And brethren, I dare say that the glory and light that God has called us to, to bear and show forth is a life of truth that is fueled by grace. And what is that? Is holiness. Holiness is a life of truth. Hey, you see, if I put it like this, I will explain very quickly what I mean in the next slide. But holiness is a life of truth that is fueled by grace. That is, that quality of life that it never changes. Wherever you find him, whether at home, at work, uh, in school, anywhere, it is constant. What is making the gospel not to really move is that you find many people that have become chameleons. In church, hey, God bless you, sir. The Lord is good. Hey, hallelujah. You will even think that the person is not tall. God bless you, sir. Yes. Let the person get to work. He becomes omolomo. One life for church at work is another life entirely. Get to the home, you see something different. Totally different. If they are Jerusalem, they don't know them as Christians. And they will be telling pastor, they are persecuting me at home. There was a particular here. This pastor told us. She was always coming. She came from a Muslim home. That they are persecuting me at home. My parents beat me. Look at my... They went home with this girl to go and look at... They sent old men with white jebu. To go... Sorry, jebu is... <laughs> his beard. 
They went to see the parents. And the parents, as in Yoruba, they had done it. Ah, welcome, sir. What honor to bring you, all you this old man. So they, by the time they mentioned the name of the, that why did you come? They mentioned the name of the girl. By the time they began to, they said, don't let us talk. Just come. They went into this girl's room. They said when they opened the door, it was as if two, two football clubs just finished playing inside the room. Everything was upside down. They said, ah, that's more. They went under the bed. They said, see, this is the food we ate about a week ago. Uh, but it's still all over the place. He said, we don't have place to use. Once a plate gets into our room, it goes under. Look at all our clothes there. He's so at home, she was at, at church, she was the best sister. How can you be a witness if that is the kind of life you live? That they can nail your life down at home, at work, at different places, and say, Yes, if you catch this man, there's a constancy about his life all across the sphere of places, the context where you find him. The Lord will help us. John continued in 1 John. That's where we will cap it. 1 John 1, 7. It says 1 to 7. That which was from the beginning, which we have seen. We are not talking fables. We have seen it. Our eyes have seen it. We have looked upon it. Our hands handled it is the word of life. For the life was manifested or showcased and we have seen it. We bear witness and show you that, that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. He said, that which we have seen and heard, we declare now to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you, that your joy may be what? Full. Now, in verse 5 to 7, he said, this then is the message we have heard of him. And declare unto you that God is what? Light. That is his atmosphere. He doesn't change. He said in him is no darkness at all. Next, verse 6, he says, If, look at that if, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, what did he say we do? We lie. And do not the truth. Do you know lies can, lives can lie? The man is saying, holy holy, holy, and his life is singing, unholy, unholy, unholy. Heaven knows. We can see your hands waving, but it's your heart waving along with your hands. That's the issue. We do know the truth. Now, Verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's always this consistent cleansing that is going on in our lives on a consistent basis, as long as we are in Christ. Now, the problem that we have is that why is there this darkness? Because the irony is the body today is that many walk in darkness and they presume that the blood continues to cleanse them. Why is this darkness? Very quickly, because if I don't allow you to see where it's coming from, it will be difficult for you to take care. Are we together? Very quickly, Matthew 6, 33. 
He says, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, God's plan is for you, all men, to seek his kingdom and righteousness as their primary endeavor. Every other thing, his promise is that he will meet your needs. So, for him to give you a walk at Shell is because your presence is needed at Shell. It's not the money you are going to get in Shell that is number one. Are we together? Your presence for the kingdom. There are people in Shell that pastor may never have contact with all of his life in this land. And you have contact with them every day, every, every day. The first reason God gives you a job is contact, contact with others. The second reason is so that there may be meeting in my house, so that we can use that resource to again reach out. Are we together? The third one is that the, the, the ox that traded the corn will not starve. But many times when people look at it, they turn the thing upside down. Nami, they walk up, Nami, go first job. If there's more money, we will give to God. And finally, if there is time, we will do the first one. And that was supposed to be the number one. Are we together? <laughs> now, God has promised that he will meet your needs. Is that not what he says there? Do you know I have no other scripture for prosperity except this? And it has worked for me <laughs> since I got born again. I just, kept, I just keep serving God doing his will, and he continues to meet my needs. I know it that as a primary endeavor, that is what I want to do. And this understanding has put me to rest for many years. Look at the problem. Ecclesiastes 4.3. He says, and I saw that all the toil and achievement spring from one person's envy of another. He said, this too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Many people, the problem that we have, man has, is wanting wants rather than needs. All God promised to provide for you is what? Needs, not wants. But when you begin to now run after needs, I mean wants, there is a problem. Look at verse 7 to 8 of that same Ecclesiastes. He said, and I saw something meaningless under heaven. There is a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There is no end to his toil. You wonder what he's toiling for. He said, Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling? He asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? He said, this too is meaningless. It's a, a miserable business. The striving of most men, most of the time, is for things other than what we call it. We call it deeds. But many times, it's our self-worth. Are we together? <laughs> Are we together? My colleagues are driving the biggest car. Why should I be driving a lowly one? And then you begin the rat race from one thing to the other. The Lord will help us. Finally, our brother James nailed it in the head. James 4, 1 to 4. He said, what causes fight and quarrel amongst you? He said, don't they come from your desires and battles within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive. Why? You want, you, the motives are wrong. 
that you now may spend it upon your own pleasures, your lust, your wants. He said, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Now, be, do you know that that scripture doesn't say you shouldn't have? In fact, if God, if you're becoming a millionaire or having the best car, is, the, is what will make you do God's will. God will supply it. You don't need to toil. Are we together? Now, <laughs> when God says, seek forth the kingdom and his righteousness, all God has done is, next please, next please, is that he has put himself on the line to meet your need and settle your scores. You see, he has a storehouse. Philippians 4.19, we quote it. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Psalm 50.10. He says that God has, um, you know, the, the 10,000 heal. He said every beast is mine and every cattle. You see, too many times when we are looking at God's storehouse, we think it's only Christians he use to meet your needs. No, he uses unbelievers too. Do you know that I wanted to go and preach in Nigeria? I told them, cancel it. I don't have the money for it. And I was going Georgia for another meeting. And the one I had money for. And they, 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 they delayed me and told me, come, go, go, go with the next one because a lot of families came. And they could not put all of us in the plane. I said, no problem. I will agree. I agree. The next one went. They said, please, wait. By the time the last one went, Emirates came to meet me and said, Sorry, we can't, uh, they, can you go with the next one? I said the next one, it will get there, I will miss my connection. I have to be in Cameroon to preach the next day. So there's no way I can. So they went and, <coughs> and got their partner. Um, what's, the, what's the name? The one that flies here, the ones that you book here. Eh? Atlantic. Virgin Atlantic. And put me on Virgin Atlantic. It was the last plane to leave. In fact, I got to Lagos by 6 a.m. I was supposed to have gotten there by, by, if I went with Emirates, I would have gone there by about 4. So I got there earlier. And then for wasting my time, they gave me a round ticket to go back to Nigeria anytime within one year. Is Emirates a Christian organization? They paid for my trip to go and preach in Nigeria the next time. I never beg them. I never ask for it. That's the issue. You don't beg for it, but if God wants to use them, he will use them. Are we together? Do you understand? The storehouse of God is beyond what you can envisage or understand. So if you know that you are serving this kind of God, honestly, know that your prosperity is not having all you can spend on yourself. It is having all that you need, uh, having all that you need, to fulfill your God-given purpose. It's not just abundance for yourself. Are we together? Finally, this is unfortunately where people, the prayers we pray skew to one angle. And the angle is always for me, for me, for me. Do you know the prayer that will always win for you? Seek for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And other things will be added. Every prayer you pray for souls, that is seeking God's kingdom. 
people that you have preached to, and it's as if they are not coming to the Lord, take them to the room of prayer. Pray for nations. Do you know one of the things that I do, sometimes I sit by the, by the news, and as, I, as we are watching the news, my wife, my wife loves the news, because that's where she gets all her prayer points. As she's watching the news, what is she doing? She's praying for nations. She's praying for things that are coming up. They say some people are troublesome in London, and they are, they are killing themselves. She puts in a word of prayer that is heaven that will, that will let us know at the end of the day the value of those prayers. And many of us watch news. You say, eh, look at them. They are killing themselves. That's the last thing you will hear of that thing. No prayer. Seek first the kingdom of God. How many people have prayed for missionaries this week? This past week? You pray for a missionary that is walking in dangerous ground. Thank you. I can see one hand. I can see two. I know who you do. So, what are we praying for? That is seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Praying for your church. Praying for your pastor. Praying for people who are who have backslid? We were talking yesterday about backsliders. We were somebody. We were asking, how do you how do you deal with backsliders? What do you do to them? I told him. I said, look, preaching doctrine to a backslider is a waste of time. You say one thing. Every scripture you bring to them, they will finish it for you, like that, like that. The only thing a backslider needs is prayer. Just keep praying and then keep fellowshipping with him. Don't even talk doctrine with him. Just keep praying and keep, don't, don't leave him. Keep fellowshipping with him. And do you know the kind of prayer that um, we pray for? It's like the kind of prayer that I guess the father of the prodigal son was praying. Put this boy in a round bottom flask so that his leg would not be able to stand on the ground. And that everything will shut up, shut down around him. And then he will not find solution except from heaven. <laughs> Do you get, it looks harsh. It looks harsh, but it delivered that young man. Are we together? Shall we pray? I don't know where you're standing today. But honestly, if you have not come home to the Lord Jesus, that's where I always start. Please, come home today. Because God cannot begin to use you. You can't be a vessel, any vessel in God's hands if you are not born again. Ask him for forgiveness and tell him to forgive you and that you are coming home. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. If you are doing that, let me just see your hands up. I won't tell you to come here. Thank you. I can see some people scratching their heads. I don't know whether they are whether they are raising those hands or not. Are you raising it? Amen. Thank you. But honestly, now begin to pray and say, God, if you need to rededicate your life, rededicate it. The Bible says, what will it profit a man if he gains this whole world and loses his soul? Ask God to forgive you. He can forgive the past and he can begin to do a fresh thing in your life from today. That from today, my life will be to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. My life will be the same life. Everywhere they find life. Everywhere I go, 
Check me. I can tell people, I say, check me. Go to my house and find out. You see, a man or a woman, the place where you know whether they are born again or not born again is in their home. Go and ask their children. Go and ask their children. But again, <laughs> sometimes some children will rebel. And at that point, their parents become what? A devil. But later on in life, I have gone through that stage. Later on in life, they realize, they say, wow, we didn't know that what you were doing was for us. So pray and ask God for mercy. Ask for unction upon your life. Ask that God will breathe into your life, into your family, that your life, your family will become a wellspring of life for as many that are around your life. That from today, I will seek your kingdom and your righteousness and see you bless me back by your addition. Thank you. Father and our God, we appreciate you. We thank you, Father, for your word that you have spoken unto us. You have presented your word to us so simply, you know, easy for us to understand. And thank you because you have realigned our focus to know that you have saved us to save others. And that all that you want us to do is to seek first your kingdom and its righteousness with the assurance that every other thing that we need, you will give unto us. Lord, we appreciate you in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that Father, let this your word bear fruits in our life. Let this your word help us to walk according to your will. Let this your word change our direction that will do that which you want us to do, that your name will be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. Indeed, in many ways, we go after things that you don't want us to go after. You know, the vanities of the world. And then we find ourselves in trouble. Father, but help us that from today, oh God, that we will seek your kingdom and his righteousness. And you will help us that will be fulfilled in you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your son that you have used to minister unto us. We thank you for your grace and your anointing upon him. Thank you for your work that you are doing through him and that you will still do through him. We pray that your anointing and grace will continue to multiply in his life in the mighty name of Jesus. You will continue to give him auction and give him words to go. And use him to touch life to your glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And at the end, O oh God, Father, you will reward him with abundant blessings. O oh God, Father, and with a special place in your kingdom to the glory of your name, O oh God. Thank you, Father. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you been impacted by this message? Please share your experience with the pastor of the church, either via email, info at rccgjesusworshipcenter.org.au or please call plus six one four double six zero six two five eight zero.